our Mohawk identity, our Mohawk nationalism, and you cannot be within this territory. Um, we're going to cast you out, exile, um, you can phone your family, but you can't come here. And that's kind of part of the social death, is you die as a Mohawk, socially anyways. Yeah. You said you divide and conquer, and if you, if you think about it, the, the real inception of that whole divide within the communities stemmed from the colonial settlers, because we introduced that sort of division, right? And now it has life of its own, and we don't have to do anything more the settlers or colonials to allow it to maintain itself. As Foucault would say, it's just going to replicate. We don't have to do anything any longer. That's right. Enjoy it. That's exactly, that's what I wrote my dissertation on. I wrote on the reproduction of this stuff, is that so we go back about 400 years, even in the 1600s, we had the Jesuits coming over here as instructing us because the idea of, of a race is, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a fairly modern invention. We did have a lot of ancient divisions between peoples uh, in Europe where racial difference emerges is I guess in the constitution of modern state. It, you see in France, the Franks and the Gauls who had been around each other for 1500 years, 200 years, the Franks being a tribe that lived, and, and they called themselves a tribe, I'm not doing that to say be like offensive to indigenous people or whatever, is a, a tribal people that lived, I guess on the German side is to move in, and they're both, I guess, racially white. And when they constitute themselves after overthrowing the monarchy is like, who has the right to rule? Well, the Franks say, we're the true people. We are the, we begin to racialize the Gauls and say, um, you're inferior. And you look at each other and you're like, well, we've both been coexisting for 15 years. You're introducing this new idea. Um, so we see this imports it, uh, a lot of colonial authorities, churches, um, all of those sort of explorers, even Samuel de Champlain, who just came down this river in 1603, wrote of my own people here, I'm, I'm a Gulfin, so this this was actually like a city here down by where the four rivers met, about 5,000 people, is, hey, these people are lesser than race, they're the red people, and we never understood ourselves as that way, so it introduces this idea and it's built up and you see the whole colonial archive being um, developed all across the world. If you read Edward Said, Orientalism, is you construct the world and reality of the other. Um, you know what, we can, we can write down and document in all of our discourses of racial difference as being, um, well, you know what, um, they live in this kind of house. They do this kind of thing. Um, we introduced it into our courts. And one of the cases that I looked at, um, and this is long before we had any kind of agency, because again, we were wars of the state, we could never really participate in the construction of our own reality, is the 1939 Supreme Court reference cases on uh, re-Eskimo. It's a longer, it's like on the question of the Eskimo under British North America Act, Section 91-24, is that there is a dispute between Quebec and Canada because I guess um, Canada had given them part of Rupert's land in the north of Quebec. And Quebec is like, well, what do we do with these people up here? And uh, Canada's like, I don't, I don't care. Whatever you do with them. And Quebec's like, no, they're actually Indians under Section 9421, which, which means they're a federal responsibility. And us as a province, we're not paying a single thing for them. And they're like, no, they're Eskimos. They're not Indians. And so they put it towards the Supreme Court and they marshal 
this wealth of experts, of anthropologists, historians, to say like, yeah, 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 this is it. And they construct them in a very landmark decision to say, for the meaning of section 9124, which is basically, which gives us federal, the government federal control over Indians and lands reserved for Indians, uh, which means they have to pay for a lot of things. It's kind of a dispute between the province and the federal government because they gave them the territory and they didn't want the people because they'd have to pay for the people too. Uh, as they said, yes, under that, they are Indians for that particular meeting. They never did ask one single Inuit, one, you know, what are you and who are you? No, they constructed them, right? So you find a lot of this, and so, you know, what transpires over 400 years is you have these discourses which create us as races, it reduces us as nations to races, um, our own governance systems, what would be uh, the equivalent of a state, is reduced to a race because, well, they have their state, which is supreme. They don't have to go state to state, really, or nation to nation. Now they talk about nation to nation a lot these days, but they've also reduced this to basically like cultural groups. Is yeah, they like to fish and maybe hunt and put on some moccasins now and then. That's about all they are different. But it's like, you know, you couldn't go to another country around the world, and, well, they do, but, you know, invade and say, like, yeah, we're gonna dismantle your state. Yeah. And say that it was never there, and say, like, you were a stateless cultural group. Because cultural group doesn't deserve a state or a nation. We have a thousand cultural groups in Ottawa. Mm. None of them are entitled to their own particular state. In any case, 